Welcome to the MBA Talk podcast, where we talk everything about career progression for MBAs. I'm joined today by Orestes Peristeris, Opnes professor and employee at a consulting company. In this episode, we will talk everything about networking. Research indicates that up to 85% of positions are filled through networking. One of the key reasons for joining a global MBA class is to have access to world-class networking opportunities. So we will talk about where networking can happen, who can you network with, how to network effectively, and things to pay attention while networking. This episode is part of the consulting series where we dive into how to get into consulting. However, This episode is still applicable for MBAs going into any industry. This show is brought to you by Opnes Institute. At Opnes, we teach advanced management methodologies like Six Sigma, Agile, data visualization, and more for MBAs. Let's get into the show. We are back again to MBA Talk here with Orestes Peristeris. And today we are going to talk about networking. Orestes, for the audience, we planned beforehand all the episodes, so we make a list of bullet points of the things we cover on each episode. But I'm going to put you on the spot right now, because for this episode, which is very interesting about networking, we were talking already about networking and personal experiences. I think it would be very interesting to start with a personal experience about networking, how you did wrong at the first times and how you evolved to get it right. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice suggestion, uh, Andres. So yeah, I can share an experience. So, you know, when I first, um, when I first joined the MBA program at HEC uh, Paris, uh, you know, when I first started there, um, you know, I, I still very much had, uh, you know, the experience where I've been working before. So I studied and worked in South Africa before and there the uh, recruiting process was very traditional so normally students were applying to companies uh, getting an interview and then uh, getting a job offer and joining the company so actually there was no networking involved when i was in university at all and uh, you know so when i came to to hec to the mba i already had some contacts that i started to get um, you know, in uh, you know through events or through LinkedIn and meeting people, but my approach was still very much about uh, I want to apply for a position, and I'm interested in a role. And uh, actually, uh, then at that stage, I was uh, speaking to a McKinsey partner in Paris, and uh, we were exchanging some messages. This was through you know a, a reference that I had, and uh, she made the suggestion that we should meet up for coffee in Paris. And at the time, I never actually took her up on this offer because for me, it, it felt, um, you know, it was quite unusual. It didn't, I didn't see the value of it. I didn't see how did it fit into a recruiting process um, because I'm already an MBA in HEC. I have a CV, right? I have everything prepared so I can apply for the job and then I, I should get an interview in after that. And uh, that was already, I think, quite interesting on the first a kind of a missed opportunity right in the beginning would have been a great networking situation. And um, yeah, it's but it just didn't feel, it wasn't something I was used to. It wasn't something I know, knew about. So, you know, this is one example I can give of kind of a little missed opportunity. So I guess the learning there for people is 
you know, when you're coming to a new region or a new country where the MBA is being done, it's good to get to know also what are the norms, you know, of networking, of um, how business culture is working, how people are, are networking, meeting each other, uh, how people are being evaluated for roles. Because this, um, you know, this this can be quite different from your home country or your the culture that you come from, where some people might see it as, uh, okay, this is unofficial, uh, everyone should be applying for the to the company and then they make a decision. But, uh, you know, in many regions, especially in Europe, uh, it's not the case at all. Right. In terms of like a good experience uh, with networking, uh, I can say I had a very nice experience um, when I joined uh, a trek. So this was the, the luxury club, arranged the trek in Paris to different luxury goods companies and also um, a skincare company. So we had the skincare company and, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was very interesting to be there and uh, get to know the product and also to test some of the products, which was quite interesting for me uh, to do that. And uh, then I also got to know the people that were working there uh, and we got to meet the CEO and, uh, you know, have get to know the product, get to know the company, meet the key people, but then also, uh, you know, to, to know the, you know, to know them and to see, okay, maybe this is actually a potential opportunity, you know, as a job. And, and I actually did stay in touch with them uh, after that. And, um, you know, we were still in contact and it was, uh, you know, kind of one of my options that I considered for doing an internship uh, in my MBA in Paris, you know, with this company. So that was a whole, that was a much more nice, more positive experience, I can say, and uh, it definitely opened uh, doors for sure. Would you say there was a click moment for you to get networking or was a step-by-step -step something that you evolved from your arriving at MBA school and then you get better with practice? Yeah, I think it was something... You know, it was, I think for me, it was a click in the sense that through the career center and through the MBA and just the culture of the school and the companies that, you know, networking and discussing you know, roles and opportunities um, was kind of uh, the culture and it was something, a practice, accepted practice that people were doing. Yeah. So once I realized, uh, okay, this is the way that things are working, then it was like, okay, this is quite normal. This is acceptable. This is how people are, you know, f getting information or finding job opportunities. So then I was going into doing that fully and then preparing for networking events, reaching out to people on, on social media, uh, attending as many treks as possible, on-campus talks uh, to meet people. And, uh, you know, then uh, from there, it was also a refinement of, uh, you know, how I approach them. So we'll discuss also some tips in this episode of things I started doing through trial and error and also, of, of course, learning from best practice that the school was teaching us on how to do that. That's awesome because you bring a very interesting perspective because you come from South Africa. You've been at school in Europe and in the United States. So hopefully we will cover that as well. And the last thing but very important is that you've been a, an MBA once, but then you are back to school often for recruiting. So you interview MBAs now. So it's very interesting that perspective as well. Yeah, so I think it's, you know, when we're thinking about the podcast series, you know, the recruiting series for MBAs, uh, one of them was, uh, you know, to think, okay, what are the topics? And, 
you know, the networking topic uh, really had to be in the list because when I was in the MBA and when I was in business school, I found that it was one of the most challenging topics for students, also for myself in the beginning, but really for very many students, um, it's it's a challenging thing of how to how to network effectively and you know from a cultural perspective or from a social perspective it's like how do you engage with people that you don't know for a specific purpose but still make it feel natural and make it a good experience for everyone that is a win-win situation right and um and that i think it's it's quite challenging to to do that and i mean i guess on the most basic level networking is also kind of like meeting people that and talking to people you don't know right and very often you have a short time to do that if it's a, a career fair on campus or it's maybe a company that's coming to do a presentation you don't have a lot of time you know to build a relationship and to see people many times like you would build friendships so it's almost kind of like a in, an accelerated socializing uh, process uh, but it's it's very important to do because you know research um, you know on LinkedIn indicates that up to eighty five percent of positions are actually filled through networking. So it's very important uh, skill to have. I know also when I was in the MBA, we were given similar statistics that of all the jobs that are filled for MBAs, which percentage is just like cold application just being sent directly with no prior contact to the company versus uh, doing networking and having information about the company versus actually being referred by an employee of the company or even a senior person, even better, for recruitment. It makes a huge difference in terms of being shortlisted, in terms of being viewed positively as a candidate and and having higher chances of success because the way that you engage with the company from the beginning will also then definitely have a, an input on your success of being chosen as the one person to fill that role. Yeah, this is very important because networking is a, a huge energy saver for recruiters because they receive thousands and thousands of applications, but they will remember of the guy that connected with them or they received a recommendation from XX, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think this is, um, you know, the recruiting process, it's an expensive process. Because, um, you know, for everyone, so for the people that are applying, having the system, um, having recruiters or having a system to, to uh, review or assess applicants, to shortlist them, to interview them, it takes a lot of uh, employee hours and time. And of course, even when there's interviews, if it's on site or there's travel involved, there's a travel expense, right? So there's a lot of time, senior people maybe do the last interviews. So a lot of investment of personnel uh time and systems and also in travel and of course you know it's recruiting for companies it's a very important uh, uh process because this is the future leadership of the company that they're recruiting um you know this is the people that they will be performing key roles in the company especially when they hire mbas so this is something that's very important to for them and given the importance of it and the investment involved you know it it helps to uh, being able to shortlist or to pre-screen candidates uh, for important roles. And of course, you know, networking through career events and so on, it helps. So even in myself, 
when I'm going to a recruiting event to meet with students, uh, even there, clearly I'm having a mind to say, okay, are there going to be some really promising candidates in terms of our interactions that I can then pass on to the recruiting team or to recommend for uh, interviews? You know, because that already we, you get a first indication in terms of the student's approach, in terms of, you know, how they're coming to the recruiting fair, how much do they know about the company, um, you know, what is how passionate are they about your brand or about the the job that you're recruiting for. So if it's for consulting, for example, you know, uh, there's a lot of things you can see. So if it is a student that's maybe involved in the consulting club or is the president of the consulting club, that's already a good indication, right? So then we can talk about, oh, what are the events you're organizing? And you can see this leadership ability, there's empathy because they're thinking about the other students as well. They're proactive because they're taking initiative to improve their skills and the skills of the other people. Uh, and clearly, they're investing time on this topic of consulting, for example. So, you know, there's a lot of indicators. Of course, you know, plus you can observe a kind of the fit, you know, how people are are speaking and, you know, how prepared they are. It gives you a good sense of uh, students that uh, could be good candidates to work in the company from a fit perspective. So this is really helping a lot and it's making the job of shortlisting candidates much easier. And of course, you know, speaking to a person face-to-face uh, -face and getting to know people either through a recruiting event or informal uh, event, it's, um, you know, much more effective than just having a, a piece of paper in the form of a CV, right? And you get much more information and understanding um, in, in networking from a recruiting perspective. Yeah. Cool. So what are the main differences between recruiting when you are at the school as an undergrad and now that you are an MBA? Yeah, so uh, this is the thing, you know, I think with undergrad students or students that are, you know, maybe just starting their studies, uh, you will not have any work experience, maybe only one internship or no internships in the beginning. Um, and, you know, in that case, you know, the, the students are there. There's a lot of students. So in, when I was doing my undergrad, there was a few thousand undergrad students. And, um, you know, there's not much of a differentiation. So normally, you know, there you're just applying directly to the companies or getting information about the company, right? When it comes to the MBA, uh, this is now the difference is that, you know, most MBAs already have work experience. They've already been in different companies or different roles. So you have already a profile. And I think the difference is that when you join an MBA, it's not just about, you know, your application on paper, so to speak like what school you in and, you know, what was your GMAT or your GPA or what was just your past experience on, on paper. Because companies, when they recruit MBAs, they're recruiting for management positions or more senior positions, whether it's consulting or in investment banking. They're looking for, you know, the maturity, leadership potential, uh, you know, well-rounded profile of a person that can come into the business and immediately have an impact but also seeing being seen as a future leader, a person with leadership potential as well. And those are the kind of things, the traits you can't really judge from a CV. Those are the traits that you judge uh, in person. So from a recruiting perspective, you know, meeting people and, and getting, if you, as you know, your company's, you know, values and what profiles you're looking for, what characteristics you value as a company, you can do that. So when MBAs are coming into a business school, they need to think about that and say, okay, this is my opportunity to present myself to companies 
and to engage with them, to show them my rounded profile that I have and basically to pitch myself. Great. And where are the common places where this can happen? Right. So the uh, the schools are having some official career events that they're organizing, right? So you would see that there would be career uh, days. So maybe for certain countries, like at HEC, there was a, a Germany or a Luxembourg recruiting day or a Dubai recruiting day. In other cases, it could be, um, you know, by sector. So there could be like a banking or consulting recruiting day um, or social impact. And in other cases, there's just a, a general recruiting event. So like at HEC Paris, it's called the Car Force um, recruiting uh, event, and that's all companies across all sectors. You know? So all of these events, official events are very good, you know, and that's where you can see a lot of companies in a short time frame as well. Plus, like we mentioned in the previous episode, the companies that are actually coming to the campus to do presentations, to you know, have an exhibition of the in the career fair, you know, these are clearly companies that are interested in recruiting students from your school, right? So that's already uh, a very good indicator. On the other hand, uh, you know, it's also then uh, events you know that are organized by MBA clubs, and this is very important. And uh, this is where also from a leadership perspective, MBAs can create their own opportunities, right? By inviting alumni on campus to do a presentation, a showcase. Um, so I was the president of the industry club when I was at HEC. And in my tenure with the team that, that uh, I had, uh, you know, running the club, we had all kinds of events like this. So we were reaching out on LinkedIn, uh, networking ourselves with um, people that were alumni. So alumni are the best people to network with, of course, of the school because they have this connection with the school. And uh, we were inviting them to come do a presentation. So while they were doing the presentation, afterwards we were normally having some snacks or some drinks. And then this would be an opportunity for networking, you know, informally with the people who were attending and with the person. Other kind of uh, club events that we had was uh, an alumni dinner that we organized. So this is where we booked out a nice area or a section of a nice restaurant in Paris. We had a budget as well from the club and then we were paying for the alumni dinners and also on via networking via our own networks or contacts or linkedin we were inviting or proposing this alumni dinner uh, to the alumni to come and attend you know and uh, there we had a very nice setup so we had about six alumni uh, you know everywhere from amazon uh, uber you know cma cgm as well as some startups and then we were kind of having this uh, rotation where the students uh, and the alumni couldn't speak with each other. So we created that uh, opportunity. Another type of uh, you know, event is what we call a social event. This is kind of organized by the school. So it's, it can happen sometimes where it's a social event or, or kind of a school event. It's not like a recruiting event necessarily. So it's not promoted that way or planned that way, but it actually happens that there are alumni attending this event that the school's involved in. And then you can also be uh, a part of this social event. So one example I can provide of this is that uh, when I was in the MBA, there was a social event that was organized between the MBA cohort and the EMBAs at the hotel near the school. So this was put actually more as a social event 
But in reality, it was a, it was a fantastic networking opportunity because the EMBAs they're in the same school as us, so we have the same love and proud of the school, and they they know us. We know them in the way that we know where their building is, and we're at the same place. We're proud to be there. But they are EMBAs, meaning that they're already in senior management or executive positions, right? So also very nice people to talk with. So this was a, an example of a social event that was voluntary to attend but actually was a great networking opportunity which could lead to recruiting uh, opportunities as well or references. And that was also the case with me. So when I attended the social event, actually I connected with one of the alumni and they were working in a logistics company, a French logistics company in China. And this was one of the internship opportunities that I had was to work, do a project uh, for this uh, company uh, working for him uh, in China, and that was that was a you know a great output. I didn't do the internship itself. I decided on a different internship, but that's it shows you what's possible um, in there. Uh, and then finally, uh, you know, another great networking uh, place uh, is the company Trex. So normally, schools or MBA clubs are arranging these uh, career treks uh, in different places. So when I was uh, you know in HEC, there was a career like a luxury trek. Uh, where basically, so as I've referred to in the introduction, there was a number of luxury companies that we were visiting throughout the day, right? So a skincare company, we went to Givenchy, to the studio, we had a masterclass with the CFO, and we went to the, in the boutique, and then the last step for the day, we went to Vogue Paris, and we met with uh, the managing editor there. So this was very interesting, right? And it shows you like on these tricks, again, it's getting information, but also potentially um, standing out as someone who could work in the company. Or, like I said, getting information and then being able to refer to that, um, you know, also in the, in the future. Because if you've already, if you're interested in the company and you've attended a trek and you've already attended, been in the office, in the cover letter or in your application, it's very good to refer to that. To say, oh, I've already been in your office, for example, in New York, and I've already met these people by name you can mention, and already from a recruiter's perspective, they can see, okay, this is a person, uh, you know, who is already uh, shown an interest and been proactive and got to know our company. Awesome. Maybe we can speak a little bit later about what are the main tips you have to recruit, for example, include this, the name on the application form, maybe adding them on LinkedIn, sending a, a note, these kind of tips. But before I wanted to ask you, beyond the low-hanging fruits, who are the people that you can network with? Yeah, so, you know, first and foremost, the the best people to network with are your peers or your classmates in the MBA. So, you and this is something, this is a networking pool, I can say, that people are not really appreciating or really thinking about. Because normally you're thinking, okay, I need to network actually more with the recruiters or with the companies to get a, a position. But the, the key thing is the peers firstly. And why do I say that? The first reason is that your peers will be your future network coming out of the MBA. So one of the biggest selling points of doing a, an MBA program is to build a network, right? And to know people. And while you're in the MBA, everyone might be a student and you're all together in the school or in the, the residence or in the class. But after that, all of these, uh, your classmates will actually be professional senior people in the industry globally. Right, And that's very powerful to have this because many people don't have such a network. The other aspect of networking with your peers 
is that you know they might come from industries or companies um, or positions that you are interested in yourself. So they can give you a lot of information in an informal way. And uh, they can even refer you or give you inside information on a company that you can use in your recruiting process. So very nice uh, source of information, but also then the future potential that we don't forget that because um, you know the networking is not something you just do in the MBA. Networking and uh, advancing your career also post-MBA uh, is done in the same manner. It's also done through networking informally, right? right. Es- and especially if you're becoming more senior, then it's a lot more targeted recruiting. So for senior positions in companies, when it gets to senior manager or senior director or vice president roles, normally those roles are not filled from public application, not typically, right? A very strong focus will be people that are known to the recruiter or to the senior manager who's trying to fill those positions. And I've observed this firsthand as well in uh, in my company that I'm currently working for. So, uh, you know, so that's one. The other one, the next step or the next level I can say is alumni for sure. So alumni of the school, the your it's the highest probability of getting a response. So LinkedIn is absolutely the best way to reach out to alumni. So LinkedIn, for sure, sending messages, having a very nice explanation or being action-oriented so we can discuss some tips later, but LinkedIn is the one. Another one is definitely, um, you know, going to the events that we've mentioned before, right? So getting the exposure. I can tell you networking, it has a lot to do with exposure and these events and seeing multiple people uh, and having contact with a lot of alumni in person uh, is the best because that's the easiest. But then also LinkedIn, you can set up uh, some opportunities. You know, so following the alumni, the other uh, pool of uh, you know people that you can network with is uh, people that are coming uh, to the campus. You know, to present the company, people coming for uh, recruiting events, for career fairs. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's also a great opportunity, right? So, you know, look at the club schedules, uh, see what the, the events are, you know, where speakers are being invited and are being on campus. And um, in my experience in the MBA, it's almost every week that there are some, um, you know, some speakers or some talks happening. And, uh, you know, go to those. And I think that it's it's also a good learning opportunity and it's also a networking opportunity. So sometimes you'll be surprised in, uh, you know, the access you can get or people you can meet that you would have never, you know, planned to from the beginning, but because they will be anywhere on campus, you get to meet them and then opportunities are coming from that. And then finally, and this is uh, also one that uh, has worked very well for me uh, in the MBA, and but people were not really thinking about this, is when you actually have guest professors coming to the campus. So if the career center is organizing a talk on a specific industry or on a, on a sector, and you know, normally those people that are being invited to come and talk about that industry are also very already seen as being successful or having experience in this industry and being established in that industry. So um, you know, have a look at this one. So those people that are coming there, um, you can speak to them. And, uh, you know, it can be a great opportunity uh, to network, you know, with senior people or maybe, you know, people in high positions. 
and see all the opportunities to you know engage with them. So I can give one example uh, when I was at Yale. So we had uh, in one of my lectures actually, uh, one of the guest speakers that was there in person was the CEO of Harley Davidson. Right. So me being a, a motorcycle enthusiast and having owned Harley Davidsons in the past, uh, it was very nice for me to you know to meet him and take a photo together, shake his hand, and so on. Uh, but if uh, I had been interested in working for the company, you know, that would have been a great opportunity to say, you know, I'd really like to and explore an opportunity at your company. And him being the CEO, being at Yale, he told us his daughter was also studying at Yale. So, you know, that would have been, you know, that can be a great networking opportunity. So at that stage, I already had accepted a full-time offer. So I was not uh, aiming for networking from that perspective. But, you know, this is one strong example, right? Uh, we've also had a networking that I did with this guest speaker um, concept is we had the um, the CEO of Caring come to the HEC campus. So that's the holding company for Chanel and many other luxury brands. And uh, afterwards, he was actually having drinks and speaking to people uh, after the session. And also the senior vice president for HR was also there uh, speaking to people. So, you know, that's very strong uh, networking opportunity with people that you would normally never get access to. Um, so, you know, so look at this, uh, you know, concept, like I mentioned, also guest professors, um, if there's people coming there to present a workshop, um, like it's also happening as well, uh, when I'm presenting this, the Lean Six Sigma workshop uh, in management excellence with Opness, uh, there, you know, it's also when I'm a professor, as a guest um, professor for the weekend, it's also an opportunity for, you know, students to network with me and some of them do actually. And this is uh, this is leading to interviews in some cases. So, uh, you know, so take advantage of that, I would say. That's awesome. One question I have is about the opportunities I have as an MBA for networking. And what are the differences between connecting with more senior levels and middle managers or uh, less senior level? Like, uh, is there any difference between connecting with the CEO of a company or a VP or uh, lower rank management positions? Right. So I think in all cases, it always depends on the other person's style. So you might get some senior people that like to be casual and engage with younger people and, and get to learn from them and engage with them as well. And also you might get some people that are early in their career but are quite reserved and more formal. So in all cases, I would say, just see what is the personal style that of the other person and what they're comfortable with as a starting point. Having said that, uh, you know, there is a difference definitely in your approach of, overall. So, you know, for the uh let's say the, uh, the alumni or for the people that you network with that are earlier in their career, it's a bit more of a peer conversation because you may be similar age, um, you can relate. So the topics you can discuss is more relatable to being in the MBA or starting in the company or maybe it's their first job after the MBA. So you can, be, you can relate to them more like this and be sometimes a bit more casual sharing the personal experience. When it comes to more senior people, in my experience, uh, it's not so much about the social aspect. It's got more to do with uh, more about what is your profile, what is your pitch, and is there a fit for their company? Because senior people, they're normally 
aware of roles that need to be filled or thinking about the next steps or the future expansion and the, the teams to maybe in the organization under them, they know about some roles that are there. So I would say there it's more about, okay, you know, having the elevator pitch, explaining your profile, convincing on that, and then potentially them seeing you as fitting a specific role, which they can then have an influence to recommend you for or arrange an interview. So then in a way, it's a bit more going directly into an opportunity. Where early career, uh, people that you network with, sometimes they can refer you, other times maybe not. So they could be more useful for uh, giving you information, right? Or helping you to learn about a company. Or like in my case, uh, I, when I was at Yale, I engaged with alumni uh, to do mock interviews actually in the company that I was interested in. And uh, I arranged two or three mock interviews and then that was kind of like an interview preparation. But through the networking, I then said to them, I'm in the MBA, I'm in the, the business school, and um, you know, would you be able to help me with doing this interview prep? And they were helping me in that, and that was very nice. Or they could help you to learn about the region, like specific information that's not publicly available about what roles they're trying to fill, um, you know, are they recruiting, uh, you know, any tips that they have for preparation of interviews and so on. Yeah? And then also potentially they can refer you. But that reference would be not as strong as a senior person who directly has decision-making power to employ people. Great, great. Do you have any more thoughts on how to network effectively with these people? Yes, absolutely. So the way to network effectively uh, is you need to look at it as a combination of socializing. And the way I like to put it is finding opportunities for collaboration, right? And this is how I recommend people to see it. Because when you are going into a networking situation, it's not clear beforehand what opportunities are available, what information is available. Um, are the people interested to discuss business? I've been to some networking events where there were people that were not interested in discussing business at all. For them, it was purely just a social event to you know to have fun and meet people socially that's it so it it really depends so the thing is that's why you're saying it's socializing first of all because networking it is that there's a social element it's meeting people it's uh you know having something that's interesting to talk about uh in nature it's a human interaction right that's in in the basic way uh, and then after that it's you know so seeing as the socializing you do everything that you would do normally when you socialize with people, right? So being polite, being friendly, introducing yourself, uh, you know, these are all things that are important. And then also having in your mind a broad set of goals. So like we discussed in the discovery episode, there's a lot of things about getting information, getting to know about the company, knowing what recruiting opportunities there are, knowing about the, you know, what skills they're recruiting for. So, that's also a goal. So getting information is one goal. Getting an internship uh, or a full-time position or an interview for that is also a goal, right? Um, and maybe it also a goal is to have uh, you know a mentor or someone who can also teach you or give you tips or advice on how to be, to succeed in the MBA, on how to succeed in finding an internship. And um, you know so. Going into a networking opportunity, you need to have this broad range of potential 
benefits or outcomes in mind, right? And then, on, and you need to be have that in your mind already. So you need to go with a purpose, of course. You know, so you must have a purpose in your mind. And uh, and the way I say it about collaboration is because when you're speaking to people and getting to know them, first of all, you'll see is there like a, a click or is there an interest or a connection, right? So just like in everyday life, some people we really connect with and we enjoy speaking to them and we have a great time talking to them. And other people, yes, we may like them, but there's no common interest or it's not so interesting to speak to them. We just, you don't feel that, you're not drawn to them somehow. And it's the same with networking. So when you find these people you can actually connect with and have this, this connection, then it's, and then you can start to steer the discussion uh, into, you know, their personal experience or the company they work for, or ask them questions about their current job. Because people are normally proud about what they do, right? So normally it's a good plant place to start is, you know, um, you know, what is your current role and, and, you know, what are you doing there? How long have you been in the role? Can you tell me more about the company you work for? So there are some like general questions that you can open up with. And then from there in the conversation, you start to see, um, you know, basically what this person can assist you with, you know, what is on offer. They might tell you directly, oh, we're actually expanding our team. Okay, that's like a clear signal of, okay, maybe there's a recruiting opportunity. It could be that maybe from their perspective, they want to talk more about their experience when they were in the MBA because coming to an alumni event, it reminds them of the time they were in the MBA. And then use that, you know, use that in a way that, you know, get the benefit of, okay, this person, clearly they're successful, they're in a good company, in a good position. So if they share the experience with me, that's also good, right? It could also be that maybe we have a connection, but we don't talk about specific things. But at the end of the conversation, that at least you get the business card from the person, which was very important. So this, for me, one of my goals is always to keep contact and get a business card or add the person on LinkedIn. And then uh, at least you say, uh, you know, at, maybe at the end of the discussion or at some point, uh, you know, I'm currently looking for an internship uh, or I'm looking for a full-time role in this industry. You know, could I reach out to you in a few weeks or in a month's time Yeah, for advice? And, you know, have that as, as a takeaway. So for me, with every person I ever networked with where there was a connection, I always aim to get a business card and to keep the door open for future communication and contact. And that was very important. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's, so I think the key message is, you know, don't be overly focused on any one particular outcome. And also don't feel that if you go to a networking event and there was no concrete outcome, like on the day or on the same night, uh, you know, don't see that as a failure. Don't see that as, as a problem because, uh, you know, again, going into it, you don't know what's there. And a, a really important principle that I can say to everyone is that networking similar to recruiting in general, it's what we'll call a numbers game, right? So it's not that you'll, you'll network with five people and get five concrete outcomes of that. That's not how it works. It works more like a funnel. So the more people you network with, then a percentage of that will be referrals for recruiting, will be uh, information about the company, will be uh, MBA advice, and so on. Right, so the key is to do as much networking, targeted networking as possible, targeted again on the companies that you're interested in, 
and uh, but be open-minded and just the fact that you attended the networking and you tried to participate and you engaged, that is already the success for you as an MBA, right? Not going to a networking event, for me, that was the biggest, that is the biggest failure or feeling you're not ready or not comfortable with it or, uh, I mean, you know, it comes down to it. So sometimes people were prioritizing fun events or social events over networking events. This could be, in my opinion, a mistake. While I also had a lot of fun, I enjoyed my MBA a lot from a social perspective. Clearly, uh, you know, the people that were there in those networking events ultimately walked away with concrete opportunities. So I can say for sure, um, both my internship and my MBA project and my full-time role all involved networking. So my internship and MBA project a very strong degree of networking. Actually, I only knew about the role because I was doing networking. And the full-time role is I actually met the company at the career fair and discussed with them and introduced myself to them. So it just shows you just being there, how important it is. But again, you you don't know what can come out of it. So, you know, and, and also I think that takes me, you know, maybe to the next point that people can ask is, how do you get good at networking, right? Yeah, I, I, would, I naturally come to that. That's awesome. That's awesome advice because for some people it may be very difficult and a very stressful situation. And knowing that, okay, just doing the first thing, showing up, is a success that takes out some of the pressure, right, to network or to do it right. The thinking, the emotional aspect of uh, saying, okay, I have to do it right in some way. But anyways, there is a way to improve it, right? Yeah, and uh, the way to do that is to practice. Uh, it can only get, you can only get good at networking through practice. So it's not something that people are, are born with. It's not something that people are naturally good at. It's something that you improve and you get results the more you do it. And uh, really, I think the mindset is that coming into the MBA the program you've chosen, all of the investment and the effort that you put into being in the program, you need to see the networking as one of the major, major benefits, but also important activities you're going to do. Because as we mentioned before, the vast majority of jobs are actually offered through a networking process. Yes, those people are still applying and still being interviewed. You still go through a recruiting process the same. But it's a different, you know, the amount of opportunities or interviews you'll get will be much more with networking, right? The more desirable jobs, the more interesting jobs in the top companies will be more focused on networking because those companies like to get referral from senior people or people they've already engaged with because it strengthens the recruiting process to make sure that they have the right people. So... I think just as the first point is to say, do it a lot, start very early in the MBA and do it continuously, right? And take it as an iterative process. Do it step by step. You won't be perfect in the beginning. You won't be perfect even in the end, but you'll get better at it. And also another way to get good at it is to look at best practices. It's also a part of it is to read online, on LinkedIn, uh, if there's articles that have been published, 
uh, YouTube, podcasts, uh, also the career center of your school. Well, like in my case, they also had a workshop on networking to, to give you the skills, to teach you how it works and how to do it. Now, you know, it's like riding a bicycle. So you can read a book on riding a bicycle, but physically you will only do it once you start riding the bike. So it's still the same. So you can't get good at networking just by researching it. You have to do it. But I would say hand in hand, it's also, you know, learning about best practice. And also a third one that I can add is observing others on how they network. So there's also some people in your MBA that will have a natural flair for networking because they're extroverted or they're outgoing, or maybe they had a sales position uh, in the previous uh, role. So they're really comfortable with speaking, with projecting themselves, with having this influence and, um, you know, and being able to have this kind of social interaction. So see how they do it, you know. And very often in a networking situation, there can be one or two people standing next to the person speaking to the, you know, the recruiter or to the other person, the alumni. So, you know, in a way you can also see if someone does it very well, how do they do it? Right, and learn from from them, learn by by seeing, and sometimes then learn by doing as well. Great. So you already gave a lot of things here, Oresis, but we will get more meat and potatoes right here. We will have more tips for you for MBAs. Anyways, I, I wanted you to pause a little bit and can you talk a little bit about the difference between networking in the US and in Europe now that you have that experience firsthand? Yes. So um, definitely there are differences and I would say it comes down to the cultural differences of the countries uh, and also of the companies themselves, right? And of the schools as well and the location, I can say. So, uh, you know, if we cover some of these, so first of all, from a location perspective, um, you know, depending on where your uh, MBA is, that will have a big impact on who you network with. So when I was at HEC, Clearly, the, from an alumni perspective, the, network, the networking that was happening was in Paris. Paris-based companies, Paris-based alumni. Um, and that was also then the culture. So the French culture, uh, you know, of fine dining, of having champagne, um, you know, of having, uh, you know, small snacks and, and foods. You know, that go along with that. Um, it was all part of this, right? And also people were dressed very well and... You know, of course, you know, being the, one of the capitals of luxury in the world in terms of the accessories, in terms of the, the look of everybody, it was quite elegant as well. So, uh, you know, so that networking, I found there was a lot of networking that was happening this way. I also found, for example, in France, uh, like in Europe, it's also a lot more about getting to know people personally in order to work with them, you know. And it's this thing of, you know, having more extended engagement uh, with companies, maybe having an informal meeting before interviews are happening or having more meetings or more interviews with people because they want to see that there's a cultural fit. And the cultural fit is very important because the cultures in Europe are quite strong. Right, So each country has quite a strong or dominant culture of how it is in the country. But this is also applying to the companies. right? Uh, and then, uh, you know, so that was a factor. If I look at the, you know, the U.S. from a different perspective, I think that uh, you know, being in New Haven, in that case, you know, New York and Boston were there, but they were quite far. So there, the, the networking was, you know, when there was 
companies on campus, it was more structured. So the networking there was more about a recruiting week or on-campus recruiting season. And the companies were recruiting at a certain part of the year and being on campus. And that was seen as the key opportunity to do networking and recruiting. It was more like a seasonal uh, aspect. And if people wanted to do further networking, they then had to go um, do it more individually. You know, So this was the perspective. I think then also in the US, my experience was that the networking was more job-oriented. So people were almost like getting more to the point. So it was less about socializing and more about talking professionally. What is the company? What is the job? And assessing a fit. So it seemed to be more focused on the recruiting aspect as opposed to yeah, in general. Uh, I mean, something that was common in US and Europe, depending on your school, uh, where you have a strong school culture with a strong alumni network, it's the same. So people are equally willing to support. And, uh, you know, that that's a good trait, I would say, that you have that on both. Awesome. Um, I think another thing to, yeah, and I think maybe just finally to add, it's also to know, you know, in Europe or US, you could get different types of companies that you're recruiting into. And, uh, you know, so wherever your school is as well, again, like we mentioned about tech versus, you know, e-com or, or industrial or luxury or energy or consulting, it also then has, uh, you know, it has an impact. And, of course, even if you have like consulting firms, they could have multiple offices in the US or across Europe and each office, the projects they do and the customers and the industries that they work with also changes. And then the, even there, the culture is uh, changing somehow. Awesome. Well, are there any other tips for networking that you find interesting sharing? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there were some uh, things that really worked well for me and um, that I developed, you know, over my uh, MBA studies. So, you know, because people find it difficult, and I think this is worth sharing. So the first and foremost thing to do is to develop and elevate a pitch for yourself, right? So many MBAs could be familiar with this elevator pitch topic or concept. And normally it's applied also to startups where you pitch a startup idea to investors or to VCs. Uh, and then, you know, they kind of, it's just a summary of what you're doing. So the elevator pitch of yourself is how you will introduce yourself in a networking situation. This is very important to think about it and to structure it. Right? So it's a combination of what you are interested in, but also what you bring to the table. What is interesting about you or what traits or characteristics or interests or motivation do you have that you want to share with the other person? Because you just met them in, in, in most cases. So when you first met them, think about, yes, you introduce yourself, the fact that you should say that you're an MBA from such and such a school, right? And what your interest is to open. So they can already place you. So if, you know, and they can see, and in your pitch can also involve what your past experience was, right? And what your future interest is, and maybe what you're doing in the MBA. So think very strategically about what you want to share about yourself and what you want to indicate is what your objectives are, right? And you might not use the elevator pitch fully in the beginning. You might have some information or part of the elevator pitch that you say later on. So there could be a response to a question. Are you looking for a job? Are you interested in doing an internship in the summer? Then you want to have a good answer to that. So that's also part of the pitch. So you need to be clear. Yes, I am looking for an internship. Um, 
I have work authorization to the school, so the visa is already work visa is already in place. If that's important, you can say this, and uh, I'll be able to actually do my internship between this date and this date. And uh, you know, based on our discussion so far, I'm very interested in your in your company. You know, so that's already, but that's prepared, right? To go and wing it or improvise the networking is not a good thing because if you're thinking. While you're speaking, you will not be as structured, as prepared, as organized in how you will communicate, right? You will be like fumbling through or missing key points. So think about this. Also, like I mentioned, the introduction, clearly it's important to say that you're an MBA. Uh, you can also put in there that you're an experienced person in something because in some schools you also have undergraduates or master students that don't have experience. So it's important to position your experience in yourself and that's an elevator pitch so that's very important to develop and the key thing is to say again what you're interested in and what people should know about you the other point here is that you need to so another tip is speak to a wide range of people at a networking event okay uh, and make sure so that you can see who do you click with where is their connection but also to get the full scope of opportunities that exist in this event or in the situation, right? So it's tempting to just talk to someone because maybe they're friendly or you like them from a social perspective. But if you spend the whole evening talking to one person that maybe you get along with, but from a recruiting perspective, there's nothing concrete, then it's not really productive for you to do that, right? So you also need to get out of the comfort zone. And I think also for the, the other person that you're networking with is to, you know, to not stay too long, you know? So at some point when the conversation comes to a, like a natural conclusion, then it's nice to, you know, thank them for their time. So of course, being polite, being respectful, um, being considerate, that's very important tips to keep in mind, right? So it's, it's still a professional context. This is what people must not forget. It's a, still a professional situation. So, you know, thank them for their time, uh, ask for a business card, you know, as in the closing, Ask them if you can still stay in touch, if it made sense, so if there was something, if no further. And then move to the next so that you get a good rotation. So just be aware of your timekeeping and uh, you might not get to talk to everyone, but try to talk to most people, right? Um, and, you know, I've kind of touched on it as well, but uh, I can reemphasize that, you know, you need to have objectives in mind before you go to any event, right? What you plan is what will happen, right? This is a saying. It's like they say when you're driving, you should look where you want to go because that's where naturally you're, even when you ride a bicycle or drive a car, wherever you're, wherever you're focused on, you kind of go in that direction. It's the same with networking. So what are the things you can get? An internship or full-time role, an MBA research project that you need to fulfill, right? Maybe you're looking for a mentor or someone to give you support or advice or information, right, that you can learn from them. Perhaps looking for a speaker or a participant for an MBA club event. This is also done heavily through networking. We mentioned learning from different companies and industries. And then also importantly is understanding recruiting processes and career paths, right? That is very important to know the recruiting process, to know what to expect, what to prepare for. And when MBAs are reaching out to me via LinkedIn for advice on my current company, uh, this is one of the main questions that I get, correctly so, is what is the recruiting process? How do I apply? 
what documents do I need? What are the steps so that they know what to prepare for? Another tip that I can add is to be natural and be sociable. Yeah? So uh, make it something that's comfortable, make it something that's enjoyable for everyone, right? And also, of course, do it in, in an appropriate way, right? And there's a way to be appropriate, of course. Uh, but do it in a positive way. Um, you know, people can tell if you're feeling awkward or you, you're too reserved or you don't want to be there. Um, you know, they can sense that. So if you're uncomfortable and you are uncomfortable in the situation, they'll also normally be uncomfortable and it won't really progress too far. On the other hand, you also need to be careful not to be too objective focused, right? Because then people will think, okay, they haven't got a chance to know you, but you're already asking for something. And they don't really know you, so they're not sure, like, why would they refer you for a position? Or, you know, they don't know you at all. So it's like you're still a stranger. And then it, it also kind of feels like you're using them in the situation. They feel like, well, the person's not really interested in speaking to me. They're just trying to get a job, but I don't even know them yet. So maybe this is not working out, you know? And people will feel, feel that. So, you know, you need to build a rapport first and let the discussion, let the conversation progress. And also, you know, it's a two-way street. So see where the other person is going with the conversation as well, you know? You can raise questions. So good to have questions. Like, is your company recruiting in Europe this year? Uh, are you, I heard that you're having this expansion in uh, Asia Pacific. Do you have a team already? Or is that, you know, or is your company recruiting roles for that? So there's a way of being indirect about it, but also from the discovery phase that we discussed that you can bring, and this is a key tip, is bring a lot of, knowledge and understanding and information about that person's company to the conversation because that builds relatability that's already like they're interested in their company if you talk about topical issues that are happening in their company they're going to really be motivated to speak to you right and they'll say wow this person really knows and understands uh, what's going on and and actually, a lot of times they like to discuss this topic as they would with colleagues as well. So already they would start to see you as like more of a colleague than a student or someone who's coming to ask them for something, right? That's great. That's great. What are some of the questions that you like most somebody made to you or you felt it gave a lot of room for speaking for or for rapport building? Yeah. Yes. So what I like is when people are, are curious and in a good way. In a good way, meaning they're curious to learn about the company, but they've already done their research, you know? So they're asking me a question, which I also feel like it's a valuable question. It's valuable because the information is not publicly available. So it's a specific question. And it's one that they could only get by asking me. And then I feel like, okay, this is a good use of my time and a good use of their time as well. So this is, this is a good question, right? Um, I mean, in terms of questions that people can ask, you know, definitely around like, what is the recruiting process? Uh, how should I apply? Um, tell me about projects that you're working on. Uh, what are some of the strategic priorities of your company? Uh, you know, uh, also referring to current events, you know, so if something is currently happening in the world, uh, how is your company reacting to this? So like at the moment, it has to do with, uh, 
you know, also the uh, work from home situation. So that's a nice question because it's new for me. I'm also spending a lot of time to think about this and to in, in our company, it's also developing best practices. So when people are asking me this question, I'm very happy to discuss with them, you know, and share information. So think about something that's interesting, that's topical. That would be my advice. Cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we so we've mentioned I think about being relatable and relevant in your conversation. Uh, you know, adding to that, have a give and take approach. When I mentioned it's a two way street, that that's important as well, right? So maybe you know you can offer also know what you have to offer. You might be able to teach them something or give insight on information that's unique to you. Maybe because you've been coming from a region that they have not worked in or they don't know much about or you share information about what you've done in your company. So if you network with someone who's in the same industry as your previous job, you can tell them, oh, actually when I was in, in my previous company, we actually solved this problem in this way. And that could lead to some um, you know, further interesting discussion. So uh, you know, think about this also as a, as a give and take. You know? And I think any interaction, when there's value from, for both sides, that's when it really works well. Awesome. Is there any time that you saw this being done wrong? Yes, uh, definitely. I get contacted, um, you know, by a lot of uh, MBAs and a lot of students, and I can say probably the one that's that's done wrong, um, you know, is somehow I think more when people are reaching out to start a networking process, um, where some people somehow feel entitled to your time as an alumni so when i'm acting as an alumni mm -hmm. this for me it's really demotivating because you know everyone's time is valuable i have a broad range of topics that i'm engaged with of course i also have a family so you know there's a lot of parts of my life that uh, i'm, I'm uh, dedicated to that so it's really unfortunate you know i think when students somehow have um, a mindset of being entitled that you know you must speak to them or somehow that uh, you know, you're somehow obligated to give your time. Um, and that this kind of entitled approach for me doesn't work at all personally, you know, from a networking perspective where the, the way that works the best, and this is fortunately vast majority of cases, is where, uh, you know, students are reaching out and are very polite, introducing themselves, um, you know, being considerate of the time, uh, asking if we can make time available in the next week or two uh, and they have a specific question. So they can say they want to learn more about my current company or they would like to learn more about the MBA I attended. Um, you know, something that I'm also happy to share my experience. And, you know, and then, you know, if they have the discussion, I'm open, you know, as we speak and I can also see you know, how the conversation goes, I'm also more than happy to provide any assistance that I can in terms of information or referring, uh, you know, people or maybe even referring them to a, a former classmate and so on, any opportunity that I'm aware of, sharing educational opportunities. Um, I'm very open to helping others and that's that's my default approach and I really enjoy that as an alumni, also as someone working in the company. But uh, yeah, so that's what I would say to people, avoid as a, as a kind of a, a, a pitfall is don't feel like because you're in the MBA that you're entitled to people's time, right? Even if it's in a networking event. So, of course, you know, they're already in, a, in the position of being in a job or having graduated, you know, and you need their help at the end of the day in looking for their support, right? So, 
you still need to have that understanding and the respect of their time and being considerate. Uh, so that's what I would encourage everyone to do. Do you see any kind of pattern from people coming from specific industries or from people with a specific background or, uh, yeah, maybe people from certain countries? Yeah. In terms of being a student, networking with others? Yeah. Right. Yeah, it um, it is, it's definitely, you know, dependent on the, I would say the country in some cases because the person's culture also determines how social they want to be or how focused they will be on the professional aspect, you know? And this also applies to the context, you know? So some cultures, they're not comfortable with networking, you know, because it's seen somehow as being an unofficial activity or something like that. In other cases, you know, it's um, it's also more sociable, right? So this also in Europe, some countries, um, like Mediterranean culture, it's much more sociable, it's more open, the social aspect is important, so people like to connect on a social level, on a personal level, and then do business with people they connect with. Where in other cultures, it's more the other way around. It's much more about the professional fit, right, and less about the social aspect. So you'll also see this in the style of the people. When it comes to networking, uh, in terms of the industries themselves, I would say there's not a lot that's separating the industries it's more about knowing what are the priorities and the trends and the uh, you know the current affairs of that industry you know so <clears throat> having that already base knowledge when you engage with people it'll already uh, build credibility with you as a student coming to them because they will see you already know the industry you, you're speaking something they can relate to and that's already uh, you know a good starting point for sure what about following up? Do you have any tips on following up with people? Yes. So the follow-up is, uh, you know, is very important. So, you know, if you're having a call, so you can also network over Skype, over a phone call, right, or an event. But, you know, nothing will happen in that event necessarily, right? So normally there should be some next step. And this is also part of your objectives. Of course, it's also how the conversation has developed, plus what the other person has offered you or you've asked for, is willing to offer you, right? So first is to see what is there. But you have to, if I can put it like this, you also need to close the deal. And this is one of the uh, biggest errors I think that people make uh, is you have a nice networking and you have a nice connection, but you don't close with something concrete that you can take forward. And remember, the alumni themselves, they're not going to, or the person you're networking with, uh, they're not, let me put it this way, they're not trying to get anything out of the conversation typically, right? They're there to help, they make themselves available, but in general, they'll go back to their job and go back to their home and it's normal for them. But for you, you are urgently trying to find an MBA project or an internship or a full-time role. So that's the urgent, so you have the urgency, right? So don't expect that people are going to offer you something. You need to ask for it. And that's part of your next steps or your close out. In your mind already, you need to say, okay, in our conversation, this the person mentioned that they are uh, recruiting for internships in the next few months. So as part of my closing statement, almost like the way you would do a meeting in a way, is to close with and say, okay, I was very happy to hear that your company will be recruiting for uh, internships. Uh, could I reach, uh, when will that be? And they could say, okay, maybe in August. Okay, could I reach out to you in August? Um, maybe could I have your business card or your phone number uh, to reach out to you 
uh, you know, when the applications are opening. And then you can see what they say. Ideally, they'll say yes, no, I'd be happy to do that because maybe for them they also want to fill the positions. Then the next step could be, uh, and then you could leave it at that, right? But make sure you get their contact details, right? So LinkedIn contact, I would say, is the weakest connection, but it's a good one. You must have it anyway. So, and even I would not ask permission. I would just, you should just say, I will add you on LinkedIn. And when you send the invitation, also put a note and mention something in your conversation or something about yourself, where you met, where you spoke, and send it the next day or the same day. Don't do it later so they can remember you. That's the important point. Because again, in a networking event, they'll meet a lot of students or a lot of people potentially. So they won't remember everyone. The next, uh, I'd say the, the next strongest connection is to have get a business card, right? So business cards are also very important. By the way, you as an MBA should also have business cards. It's critical, right? I personally don't believe in this idea of everything is virtual and uh, everything is online. It's not like this. So in my experience, if I get a card from a person, it's also like somehow an endorsement as a commitment this person wanted to give me their contact details so that's already good that business card has a lot of information their title the address of the company where they work right the email address and the phone number and sometimes even the mobile number so it's a lot of information that you can keep and for me getting a business card which is not happening always it was one of the key outcomes of a conversation that i wanted to have that but on the other hand, I also had my own business cards that I was giving to the other person. So now this is already creating a memorable situation because they have my name, they have my information. When they go to the office, they're probably going to put it on their desk as a first re reaction or reflex. So then it's, you know, you're already then being visible. And, uh, you know, but just having the card is the details. And I would say the third strongest thing you can do or the most, the strongest thing you can do coming out of a networking conversation is to actually plan a next step with a person. Very nice. Oh, I had a very example. Well, we had a great conversation today. I was very excited to hear about your company. Would it be possible for me to come and have an informal meeting with you in your office in the next two weeks? That's strong. So already you're getting a commitment for something concrete. Oh, I really like this discussion. I wish we had more time. Uh, you know, would you like to, uh, you know, get together for a drink, uh, you know, and uh, we can discuss it further, you know. I know we, another example. Yes, um, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you know, were willing to support our, um, you know, our MBA club. And, uh, you know, for the recruiting dinner that we're planning, I'll send you an email with the details when, uh, when it will be and the time and date and the location and you can uh, you know let me know if you can join you see so it's also then because you have your objectives in mind it's setting up these like concrete next steps that already it's being planned and you get the buy-in and that's much stronger than just getting the contact details and then asking for it later when already the priorities change and so on and i think also when you set these th things up in person i mean being face to face with someone you know, it's already kind of a stronger question than if you send it on email and they're busy working and maybe they even miss the email later on. Yeah? So uh, definitely those are important uh, next steps. And what I can say is a key tip for MBAs is don't wait for the school 
to give you a business card or print it for you. Now, most of the schools are producing business cards in a standard format for students, right? And it looks nice and the layout is, is very good and normally they pay for it as well and it's very good. The problem in my experience is that the, the process to get the business cards was taking like two or three months. So it was delayed. And this delay is no good because you, you're going to be networking from day one, potentially first week in the school. You want to have the card to give to someone. Because I've been to recruiting events when I was a student where also when someone gives you a card, there's an expectation that you would give your card to them. It's kind of like reciprocal. It's natural that we expect that, right? And then what's happening is if someone's giving you a card and then a student is saying, oh, sorry, I don't have a card to give you. It's actually making a bad impression. Where if someone has a business card in a nice holder to give it out, Oh, thanks for your... And also, it's also a way, if you have a card, you can initiate it. Uh, here is my business card. Could I have your card to stay in touch? So it's a kind of creating this dynamic, interpersonal dynamic. So what I'd recommend, and this is actually what I did when I was in the MBA, I was not waiting for the, the printing process at all. I actually went online and I found an online business card printing service. I designed the card myself as professional uh, as possible with the school logo. And I had those delivered within two or three days and I was ready to go. So take this initiative. Don't don't let anything hold you back in the networking process. And this is just one example where you can be proactive, get the cards, get going. When they give you the official ones, use those, use your one. No one is governing this. There's no rules on that. You know, it's everyone's already an MBA. It's legitimate. So uh, use it. And like I say, business cards, Really, uh, you know, it's. I was also surprised how important it was, and um, you know, it's in your networking, at least in the in-person networking, it's uh, is very important to to do this and to have this. Awesome, Alexis. Thank you very much for your tips. I think they are very valuable, and the audience will enjoy and use and put it to use because they are very actionable. If you have any closing thoughts, and I want to mention as well that students and listeners can write to us and ask for these kind of things or what kind of contents do you want to hear or listen more about what kind of topics we can deep dive more. Feel free to write us, make your comments as well, what we can talk about because we are developing content on this direction and your input is very much appreciated. Yeah, no, that's very good. And we look forward to those questions and uh, answering them as well. So I think for mine, uh, in closing, uh, you know, on the network, networking topic, uh, just like to summarize and say, you know, as an MBA, starting your new career and being in the business school, networking is one of the most important activities that you will do, right? It's a limited opportunity. So take advantage of it. While you're on the campus, I encourage you to prioritize it over many events and sometimes even over interview preparation or over applying for jobs because the time that's spent networking and getting to meet people and get concrete referrals is going to be much more valuable than making five applications with no referral and maybe it never even gets shortlisted and you never get there. So um, prioritize it, make time for it, research and prepare for it, okay? read up on best practices that are existing. And then, like we said, 
start and do it and do not expect to be an expert or to feel comfortable or to be brilliant at it from the first time, right? And also remember it's a funnel. So when you're sending messages on LinkedIn or you're walking up to people in an event, it's a funnel in the sense that the more people you speak to, the more your greater the chances of success of having more opportunities at the end. So expect that you will not get those opportunities. You will not get something from each and every interaction. That's not a problem. The success is being there. And I can assure you, the longer you stay at it, the better you get. And the more networking that you do, the opportunities and the information and the learning and the support will definitely come out in the end. So uh, I wish everyone best of luck with their networking. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. It's a key part of your MBA. And I can tell you also when you go into the industry, it's something that's a lifelong career skill that uh, if you develop in the MBA, it will continue to pay off for life. Awesome, Oasis. Thank you very much. And see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for joining for this episode of the MBA Talk podcast, a podcast brought to you by Opnis Institute. You can find all notes for this episode, as well as subscribe for future episodes at opnis.com slash MBA talk. That's O-P-T-N-E-S-S.com slash MBA talk. And if you're enjoying the show or have any comments, topics, or guest suggestions, I love if you shoot me an email. My name is Andres, and you can write me to mbatalk at opness.com. With that, thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.